0: And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And as we get into our Encounter section, let's take another clue for our quiz. Nobody has snapped up this one yet. We've only given two clues away so far because we have had a couple of distractions mm-hmm. as we've gone through the morning. But wasn't that a great testimony that uh, Mon was sharing with us there from Kenya? Just amazing how uh, how vastly different it is in other parts of the world. Mm,
1: just to see people, just the work going all over the world, that's the best thing. you know, Absolutely. That's how- people
0: that are dedicated to serving God in every nation, mm. every culture. Well, that's our biblical mandate. It's our its our
1: commitment, you know. So, that's awesome. But, clue yes. for the quiz. Like, who am I, quiz? And, uh, Lyle already got the quiz, so there's no double prizes up for grabs, but... <laughs> there is a single prize. There is a single prize. We already know that this guy, he ordered the death of 85 priests of the Lord. We already know that he expelled mediums and spiritists from the land. But, the next clue is... In my zeal for Israel and Judah, I tried to annihilate the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites. Okey dokey. Who so if you that? know who that is, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you can claim a prize. If you don't feel like calling, you can give us a text to oh four nine one zero six four six six nine. But look, we just love hearing your voices. We just love talking to people. Um, so yeah, call us up. Get a prize. But we've come to our encounter with God's section. Wow, what are we going to be studying today? What are we going to we're Okay, going to be so we are at? in
0: Revelation chapter six. We're working our way through the seven seals. We were talking yesterday about the Um, The Souls Under the Altar, Mm -hmm. Uh, most interesting study, and if you would like to catch a portion of that, of course, it is recorded on YouTube. You can go to YouTube where I talk about a question of of the day where we had uh, Souls Under the Altar being discussed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we continue on from Souls Under the Altar, and we go to Revelation uh, chapter six and verse twelve. Actually, there was one aspect of souls under the altar that we didn't get time to discuss, and that was mm. the white robes. Yes. How do you give robes to a soul? How do you give? How, how do you give a ghost a soul? Uh, a, a robe. A ghost a soul. Um, A ghost a robe. A ghost a robe. Yeah, it's um. And if you saw a ghost and you could walk up like, oh, let me put a robe on you. You look um cold or naked or whatever. What's going to happen to the robe? It's just going to like fall through. (laughs) Spirit beings, you can't do that. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Okay, so how do you give a robe to a soul? And, of course, uh, these souls are figurative souls. The Mm. Bible makes that very, very clear. Um, figuratively under the altar because they are martyrs. They have given their lives Mm -hmm. for Jesus Christ. It says that uh, white robes in verse 11 was given to every one of them. It was said to them that they would rest for a season until their fellow servants and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So there was Um, More time left to come. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's consider how these people died. These people were martyrs. Mm -hmm. A person who receives the death penalty is only the worst of the worst of the worst criminals. Mm -hmm. They are the only kinds who receive the death penalty, and so they have died with the stigma of being the worst criminals on the face of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, their record, their history, their so forth, uh, everything about them uh, is going to reflect that, you know, nobody was worse on planet Earth than these martyrs. If you work your way down through the time period that we're looking at here of the Dark Ages, what you're going to find is that, you know, we talked about, you know, 50 to 60 million martyrs who died during this period, all of them receiving the death penalty, all of them dying as the worst possible criminals, um, and the record reflecting that. Uh, However, if you um, move on through that period of the Dark Ages, you come to a period called the Great Reformation of the 16th century. Here you find people who discovered the Bible. Uh, They began to print the Bible so that people could actually read it for themselves, and suddenly the opposite took place. Rather than these martyrs being seen as the worst of the worst of the worst criminals, now they are seen as... Um, uh, truly, as martyrs, as people who have given their mm. lives for Jesus Christ, as the best of the best, yeah. Um, so they are placed in a very different light, and so now they are seen as being righteous. A white robe symbolizes righteousness, so now they are seen as you know having received the righteousness of Christ and lived a righteous life, and died a righteous death, and so this is how uh, these souls receive. White robes. We didn't get time to address that yesterday, so um, I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk about it today. Yeah. Okay. Awesome stuff. That finishes off the fifth seal, and now we move on to the sixth seal and incredibly dramatic events that have taken place under this seal. Uh, Please, Lawson. Right. Taking it away, in Revelation
1: 6 in verse 12, the Bible says, I watched as the lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as
0: black cloth, and the moon became red as blood. Okay, so what we've got is under the fifth seal, we have events that are taking place during the Dark Ages. Mm -hmm. The medieval period. Yes. Then as the medieval period comes to an end, you have three great events that take place. In specific order what are those and in what order do they come
1: So there's an earthquake followed to start by off with. then the sark become the the sarc- the sun becomes dark like black okay. cloth an earthquake followed by a dark day followed by a blood moon a bloody moon a, a blood, blood moon blood. followed by a Did I miss something then the this- Oh verse 13 Verse 13 Yeah we didn't read that one one? I'm I'm like come on on. What are you (laughs) (laughs) Then the stars of the sky Fell to to the earth Like green figs Falling from a tree
0: Shaken by a strong wind Okay so here's what we've got um, and here's what we should look for. And of course, you know, we, we find that the, what's called the Dark Ages or the medieval period ended around 1798, say so 1800, uh, near enough. Mm-hmm. But specifically, 1798 brings you to the end of that date. And so what we should be looking for is at the end of the period of the Dark Ages. We should find an earthquake followed by a dark day followed by a Leonid or what's called the, you know, a meteor shower, and of course the, uh, the Leonids um, come through. I think it's what every thirty-three years or something or other. But we're looking for a particularly spectacular shower. Not only that, but we are looking for these signs to take place and to be universally recognised um, around the world as being signs that come from God. Mm. Okay, so the Lawson, did these things take place at the end of the Dark Ages? I believe so. You believe so?
1: Yes, I do believe so. Why, why do you believe so? Because I, I've i heard that they
0: did take place <laughs> <laughs> and I've read that they did take place. This is a very diplomatic <laughs> answer. Okay, so let me run through a little bit of history with you very quickly. In 1755, November the 1st, 1755, mm-hmm. uh, in Europe, Europe was struck by a massive earthquake. Yeah. It was called the Great Lisbon Earthquake because, it was, uh, because that city was hit harder than any other within Europe. So let's consider a couple of things in relationship to this particular earthquake. Here you have an earthquake that was felt and recorded on every continent of the world except Australia and Antarctica. It's because no one was there. Well, there was plenty of people in Australia, but they weren't keeping written records. Yeah. Okay, so there was no one there who was keeping written records. So let me ask you a question. Is And, and this is before seismographs. Yeah. This is back when people recorded the earthquake by feeling it under their feet. Mm-hmm. So this is recorded in Europe, in Asia, in North America, South America. This is one of the most worldwide. So you get some earthquakes that are very, very powerful and very, Mm -hmm. very concentrated to a small area. Mm -hmm. You get other earthquakes that are very powerful and their effect is very, very widespread. This was probably the most widespread earthquake that our world has ever seen and was universally recognized as a sign that uh, you know uh, dramatic things were taking place, Jesus was coming, um, and people needed to get ready for the return of Christ. Yeah. And it comes right on time. Which would then be, the Bible says, followed by, so that's November 1, 1755. The Bible says, what happens after the earthquake?
1: After the earthquake, the sun became dark as a black cloth.
0: Okay, so the dark day, and you can, of course, you can go look these up on uh, Wikipedia or wherever if you like. The dark day took place on May 19, 1780. And to this day, there are a number of theories as to what may have caused it, uh, wildfires in Canada or something like this. But once again, there is no scientific explanation as to why, in the middle of the day, the sun went dark. It just went completely dark. It was blotted out. Uh, You could not see anything. The uh, Connecticut legislature... Uh, Was in session at the time In the United States Mm -hmm. And so of course they were like Well what do we do here um, In this particular situation And so they took a vote Because they were feeling that The Lord might have been coming A sign that Jesus was coming And they said well let's be found At our post of duty And lit candles and continued the work
2: You're listening to Faith FM Positively different radio
0: it was interesting because about ten o'clock in the morning, all of the animals um, basically, you know, turned up at the barns. The chickens went to roost. Um, they are just like, "Yeah, it's night time. Let's go to sleep." <laughs> and then, of course, when the when the uh, sun when the moon came up, it was a blood moon. Mm. So dark day followed by a blood moon, just as the Bible predicted. Yeah, well. Okay, now what would we expect then to happen after the dark day of May nineteen seventeen eighty? 1780? So these are like, they're like signposts, you know, it's like a little bit like when you are travelling from, you know, here to Brisbane, bit of a long road trip. And you keep seeing those signposts along the side of the road, you know, and they're counting down. Yeah, Brisbane is 733 kilometers away. Uh, Brisbane is now, you know, 640 kilometers away. And you just, you, you, you almost shouldn't look at those signs because every yeah, time you look the at them, worst. you start to calculate in your head how many kilometers away it is. And you're constantly thinking,
1: like, you, you've got your mind on, like, oh, yeah, just like the Another one more. Another six and a half hours. And, yeah, yeah.
0: Like and then and then that feeling that comes when you're down to double digits, yeah, it goes from triple digits to double digits, and like, yes, we're heading up the gold coast now. That's that's the same when
1: you're like working out or cycling or running or whatever, and you're especially when you're on like a exercise bike or a treadmill, and you're just watching the numbers like go up yes. or count down, and you're like, if you're constantly watching it, it's just like watching paint drying versus like you know just switch on some Netflix and then you just power through it, but. Yes. These so this signs. is the, this is
0: the kind of thing that we've got taking place here. We've got these, uh, you know, these signs taking place, um, and uh, um, yeah, that we they're you know they're like stepping stones through time. And Shell is giving me a hard time through this through the window right now because <laughs> I am trying to multitask and do two different things at the same time, which never works well. But anyway, what should we expect after the dark day? Well, what? of you know, if we've, if we've, we've hit an earthquake, yes. we've hit a dark
1: day, we've hit a blood moon, Yes. well, then afterwards we should expect this, uh, this great uh, falling of, of the stars. Like Okay, and figs. they should
0: fall even as a fig tree casts her untimely we- figs when she is shaken by a mighty wind. Mm-hmm. In other words, we are not looking for, you know, a few streaks across the sky as far as falling stars go. We are looking for an event where the sky will literally rain Mm. meteors, falling stars, because it's in the Bible. They're called falling stars, but they're actually meteors. Mm -hmm. And that's only ever happened once. Now, of course, it was a Leonid shower, and um, I should look that up. In fact, I'm going to look that up and give you the details here in just a moment of how often the Leonids come round. But I remember last time the Leonids came round, I'm like, yes, I'm going to go and see the stars falling from heaven. Uh, they did not fall as a fig tree casts her figs. I lay on my back for an hour and I think I saw one. <laughs> and I gave up.
1: That's not, not a very good average. It's no, like not, not <laughs> very <at all>. anticlimactic.
0: <laughs> okay, but the Great Lineage Hour of 1833, it literally rained meteors. You could mm. look up into the night sky and it was just absolutely raining mm-hmm. like a thunderstorm of meteors and it went on hour after hour after hour after wow. hour. And it did not stop until, of course, daylight obliterated it and you couldn't see it anymore. Mm. And that so what you've incredible. got what you've got here is a is a process in order as the Bible says you've got this step and then this step and then this step and then the next thing that comes after that happens in verse 14 please All Dawson.
1: right. Verse 14 the Bible says the sky was rolled up like a scroll and all the mount- all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Okay, so when did that one happen? Oh, I, I can't recall. I, I don't remember that ever happening. I don't remember the sky rolling up as a scroll, neither the, the mountains and the islands moving from their places. Yeah,
0: indeed. And, of course, this has not yet happened. This is yet to happen. Um, let me just type something here into my computer, and I'm going to get some type, information on typing, the, on the, on the, on the Leonid meteor showers. Uh, here we go, the great... Meteor Storm of 1833 Shout out Wikipedia Yeah Always Always comes to the uh, uh, Always comes to the Fall Uh, I'll find this I'll find this during the next song break And tell you When we can expect the next Leonid shower And hopefully Mm -hmm. I've always longed To see one Like the 1833 one Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just You know off the charts. The- so we've got a number of signs here. And what these signs are doing is they're building a bridge in many ways between the Dark Ages and the Second Coming. Mm. So we've got some that have taken place and some that are yet to take place. We find ourselves in the middle in between those.
1: The thing that I find really interesting about this, and this, this might be a little bit off track, but it, it seems like to me that these signs that we're seeing as, as a transfer of the uh, of the seals leads up to 1844, which we know is the Beginning end of, the of of the last time prophecy of the Bible. Absolutely. So, it's like it's building up to this point where essentially prophetic time stops and we're sort of living right now in, you know, we know we're living in the investigative judgment and we're living in a time where Jesus is coming is imminent and we know that it's actually based on a couple different factors that include us like we're living in a place where yeah jesus literally could come anytime there's just a few things that need to take place and they small events yet and they and a lot of those events based are based on us so it's like yeah if these signs ever were to happen they're just right on time Mm -hmm. with the you know the ending of the final time prophecy in the bible before we come into the point where jesus coming is imminent so i just find that
0: Awesome. Now I'm going to say something controversial here. I'm going oh, to read you a go. passage from Joel chapter 2 where the Bible says, starting in verse 28, mm-hmm. it will come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. So here we have a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. On God's people, and we're going to find that this happens just before he returns. Mm-hmm. This is reflected in Revelation chapter 18. So let me uh, flick over there very quickly, Revelation chapter 18. And here you have the fourth angel's message. And the fourth angel doesn't add any new information not included in the three angels' messages. All mm-hmm. the fourth angel adds is power. Mm-hmm. And, of course, these angels are symbolic of messages that are going to the world at the end of time. Mm -hmm. And so here we have the everlasting gospel of the three angels going out with added power. Would you like to read that for us in chapter 18, verse 1, please? Okay. The Bible says in
1: Revelation chapter 18 and verse 1, After all this I saw another angel come down from heaven with a great authority and the earth grew bright with his splendor.
0: Thank you. Okay, so notice here you have an angel. The earth is being lightened with his glory. An angel is a symbol of a message, a message that is lightening the whole earth. And this takes place just before the return of Christ. So in Joel chapter 2 we have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit excuse me, that takes place just before the return of Christ, which is followed by Joel 2, verse 30. Now, we just read verse 29. Let's read verse 30. And I will show wonders in the heavens, in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Mm -hmm. And so many people ask me the question, will these signs be repeated again just before the return of Christ?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Here's my super controversial statement. We know that the great earthquake will be repeated again. Mm. Not necessarily in Lisbon, because it will be truly global. Mm-hmm. The Bible is clear about that in Revelation chapter 16. My, my reading of this passage here is that these are repeated again after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit just before the return of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the way I read that, which does not in any way, shape, or form form do away with the historical significance of what has taken place in the past and how those particular events were uh, recognized and Mm -hmm. seen, uh, because they were actual fulfillments of this particular prophecy right here. So there's my... uh, Controversial statement today. If you've got uh, something you'd like to share on that one, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number. Feel free to call through and give Lyle and Lawson a hard time. Man, I like, man, I, I don't know how I feel about that. That is that is controversial. That is
1: a controversial statement because I, I sort of see the, you know, we're seeing already with the signs of the times, the you know, the increase of earthquakes and and it would be, you know, for me anyway. It'd be safe to assume, like, okay, we've seen all these signs already happen. And when the world ends, like, it's going to be some pretty earth-shattering stuff going on. But, hey, like, each to their own,
0: I guess. Each to their own. All right.
3: All Lord, Lord, right. Lord.
1: to Faith FM, you are listening to us, currently we're studying the Bible, of course, in Revelation chapter 6, but before we continue with our studies, we should give another clue for the quiz. We probably should, Lawson. Alright, so, up. okay, so who am I quiz? And again, you can give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you can get a prize, just, 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 just get in here, we want you to win this prize, and we want you to get this right, okay. This is the unequivocal, like, if you don't get it now, then you'll never get it. So here we go. Who am I? I was the first king of Israel. Bam. If you know who that is, give us a call, 1 800 324 843. You can get a prize, and we can, we'll just love you for it. Anyway, continuing on with our study of the
0: Bible. Yes, indeed. Looking Uh, at signs. We are up to uh, Revelation chapter 6, and now we will read verse 15, what happens after this great earthquake. Yes. Okay.
1: Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and every free person, all hid themselves in the caves, and among the rock and and among the rocks in the mountains, and they cried, at, uh, they cried to the mountains and the rocks, "Fallen us, hi- and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne, from the wrath
0: of the Lamb." Okay, that's a like a really bizarre statement. <laughs> but before we talk about just how bizarre this whole verse is, um, I do want to remind all of our listeners that if you are, um, we we do have people on occasions who. Uh, ...ask us about signal strength and they say, hey, our signal's not so strong where we're listening. And uh, that's probably because you're listening to the radio the wrong way. You're listening to it on the radio rather than um, how everybody else does it these days. The wrong way. (laughs) Yes, you don't use a radio to listen to the radio. What are you talking about? Um, Listen to the radio on your phone and uh, run it through your car stereo system or your earplugs or whatever. And uh, that's how um, everybody's doing it these days and that way you have a perfect signal anywhere. Mon is listening to us in Kenya... Um, so that's a, uh, yeah, and uh, it uses very little data, of course, and it, um, um, yeah, you'll have all your problems solved. You can use uh, faithfm.com.au, press play, or you can use the Tune In radio app or any other radio app. Um, just get a, ra- a free radio app and search for Faith FM Australia. We'd like to encourage you to do that. Um, it makes the radio listening so much more enjoyable. mm Okay, we were right here, and the Bible says the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, and every bondman, that's slave, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. What has taken place in these two verses? So they're in a place, like as it says, the,
1: the, the, the skies have been, you know, rolled back like a scroll and the
0: mountains have moved from their places. And when they look up into the sky that has been just peeled back, mm-hmm. and I, I, I my, my brain struggles to get around that. How do you actually peel back the Earth's atmosphere? What is taking place here? Mm. I mean, imagine being here on this Earth and suddenly the atmosphere just gets ripped away from the surface of the Earth. We see
1: something um, somewhat of a of a uh a parallel to this in I'm pretty sure it's it's second peter chapter three where it says, you know, um, when the day of the Lord... Will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall depart as a scroll. As a scroll. Sorry, I'm I'm flicking through the Bible. I couldn't find it because this isn't my Bible. This is the Bible that lives here at Radio, and it's uncultivated and
0: untrained with my Lawson hands, and I'm like, man, where is this verse? Okay, so let me read this one in uh, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away. That's the atmosphere. The atmosphere will Hmm. pass away with a great noise. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein will be burned up. Seeing then that all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? (sighs) Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless... We, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein lives righteousness. Man, that's Oh, powerful. just this powerful stuff. Wherefore, beloved, seeing <laughs> that you look for such things, be diligent that you be found of him in mm. peace without spot and blameless. What a challenge there. (laughs) Peter is just, he is not holding back. He is, this is what is coming on our earth, and this is how you need to be living your life. Mm. That's encouraging, isn't it? You're looking for a world wherein lives righteousness. Is that Mm. something worth looking forward to? Yeah. I mean,
1: seriously, More you look at it well today. Anything and- else, and I, I love the fact, you know, because it, it, it brings up just as this verse is, and we see the, a group of people here in Revelation chapter six who see the sky peel back and the, you know, the elements dissolve with fervent fervent heat, and they're just. Freaked out. They're like, don't know what's going on, and they're hiding in amongst and then the, the rocks. And then,
0: as the, and then, then, as the uh, then as they're hiding and they're you know down amongst the rocks and so far, and, and the sky peels back. Obviously, you're going to look at the sky, and who do they see? Jesus.
1: This it's, is the second coming. This is the second coming of Christ. And that 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 passage in Second Peter just gives so much strength to like, hey, when this stuff happens, you know what's going on. You know what's about to happen. You know that that um yeah, Jesus is coming and that you can just be pumped and stoked. It's just, oh, man, it's just the best. Like, that imagery, you know, many, many artists have tried to, to capture that, you know, uh, paint paint to canvas. I think of uh, someone like Nathan Green, very famous, prolific artist um, who has you know beautiful paintings of the second coming and of, of you know Jesus descending from heaven and you know the the hundreds of thousands and millions of angels descending with him, but it's like man, the real thing I think is just going to be beyond our imagination because we've never really seen an event like that. Why would people
0: be hiding from the face of Jesus? Y- you know. Why Why else? I mean, this like is just the... bizarre. This is, you know, the Prince of Peace. This is the God of love. Mm. The Lamb of God who why, takes away the sin from you... the earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one who gave his life for us. Why would you hide your face from him? Mm. You know, the Bible describes it in another place. This is the words of Titus, and he says this, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ, mm. who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a special people, zealous of good works. Yeah, You know, when you read a passage like this, and it's like, yeah, this is the blessed hope, there is nothing more that I have looked forward to my entire life than the return of Jesus Christ. Mm. Nothing. And yet, here we find that Uh, when Jesus comes back there's so many people who hide themselves and they're hiding in their rocks and they're calling for the mountains to fall on and they want to commit suicide rather than to see Jesus and you're like what on earth is going on here? You know just give your life to Jesus. If you're listening today and you've never given your life to Jesus, let me tell you, this is the, this is the best thing. This is the greatest thing. Have you ever wondered why it is that Christians get so passionate about following Jesus? Mm. There is a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. This is not just a random thing. Yeah. They have experienced something that you may not have experienced, and if you have not experienced it, you need to experience it today. Mm. And it's not a difficult thing to do. Just get on your knees and say, Lord, please, I am a sinner, Please forgive me of my sins, please come into my life, please be my saviour, and please be Lord of my life, I surrender my entire life to you. People are scared of doing that, yeah. but nobody's ever done it, you get scared of it. Uh,
1: you know, I think this, this is a Lyle Southwell quote, I've never met anyone who's, who's come to Jesus and, you know, thrown their life away because of it, it's just incredible.
4: Above all powers, above all kings Above all nations and all creative things Above all wisdom and all the ways of man You were here before the world Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders this world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no. Laid behind a stone You lived to die Rejected and alone Like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me Above all. Above all powers Above all kings Above all nations And all creative things Above all wisdom And all the ways of man You were here before the world began Above all kingdoms Above all thrones, above all wonders this world has ever known. Above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way And along like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all. Crucified, laid behind. Yeah, damn.
2: designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au.
4: You're
2: listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hello,
4: Jackie speaking. Hi, Jackie. I've just cleaned and polished my motorcycle. Who can I ride with? Why not ride with us? Who's us? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry. What is Adventist Motorcycle Ministry? Adventist Motorcycle Ministry is a Christian motorcycle riders group. We are drug and alcohol free. Rides are normally on the first Sunday of each month. Are other riders welcome? Yes, of course. But they need to be aware that AMM is drug and alcohol free. Where can I find out more information? Just ring Jeff on 0458 Yes, call Jeff on 0458 000505 for more details. That number again is 0458 000
3: Come
1: Back to Faith there, fam. You are listening this morning right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. And, of course, we have come to pretty much our last clue for the quiz. Again, no one snapped this up yet. And, And the last clue was, this was a Who Am I quiz. The last clue we did was, I was the first king of Israel. So, this is pretty, this is pretty like... Let's let's go, people. If you want a prize, you can give us a call one 843 But our next clue is: I was jealous when the woman sang a song that was credited to David, with slaying tens of thousands, and me
0: only with thousands. Yeah, you know what? That is a more obscure than a clue than the last one. I'm the one first. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> it's like, why did they leave that one to the end? That way well, they could have put that one up as clue number one. But anyway, <laughs> be that as it may. We are into question of the day time. Yes. And our question of the day today is why did David number Israel? Now, this is a most interesting story. Why is this story even in the Bible? What lesson does it teach? And so you'll find in 2 Samuel chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, you find this story where David is an older king now. He has conquered an empire, uh, he is looking out over his kingdom, he is at peace. Uh, One of the few periods of peace that David lived under during this particular time period. And, you know, as often happens, the Bible says that idle hands are the devil's playground. Mm -hmm. David is in a situation where he's got nothing better to do than to find out how strong he actually is. And so this was something that was very commonly done by nations round about. They would number, take a census of their empire or of their nation just to find out, you know, what is, what is our strength right now? You know, who could we go up against? Could we go up against the Assyrians? Could we go up against the Hittites? Could we go up against the Egyptians? How strong has the Israelite empire been? actually become because now you're dealing with an empire that extends from the river of Egypt all the way through to the Euphrates in mm-hmm. its area of influence and hegemony and so forth. And so he sends Joab out who is the, uh, the head of the army, the general, um, the, the, the minister of war so to speak, and he sends him out to number Israel and to conduct a census. Now the problem with this is that God had forbidden them to do so. God had forbidden them from ever taking a census, and you would ask why. What's wrong with finding out how strong the empire is? What's wrong with you know doing a head count? How many how many men of fighting age do we actually have in the empire? And of course, the answer is quite simple. Uh, God doesn't need a lot of people. You read mm-hmm. this in the story of you know um, uh, Gideon. Mm. where Gideon has you know a, quite a sizable army nothing like big enough to take on you know the uh, the, the Canaanites who had have invaded at this particular period of of history nothing like enough to take these guys on but a sizable army nonetheless and guys like no you've got too many send them home so he sends a bunch of them home and then god looks at it again and is like no you've got too many send some more home and he ends up with just 300 And these 300 men, they then go down and take on an army that's made up of like 120,000 men. And they win. And God's whole point is this. God does not want Israel, as he does not want us, to rely on our strength. Mm. And when we become strong, we tend to rely on our strength and stop relying on God's strength. And says, okay, if you're blessed and you become strong, don't go and take a census and find out just how strong you are. Because that number is actually irrelevant to your strength. It is irrelevant to the possibility of, you know, you're doing great things. The only thing that is relevant to your strength is your faithfulness to me. Now, of course, that applies to us today. The wealthier we become, what happens? The further we get away from God. We've seen that happen over and over and over again. Um, That's why the Bible says, you know, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel through the eye of a needle. If you want to get the camel through an eye of a needle, you've got to get him on his knees and you have to unload him. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked about that before. But you know, this, is, this is the lesson that God is bringing out here. Once you get strong, once you get powerful, once you get wealthy, you start to lean on your own strength. You're like, yeah, I can do this. I don't need God anymore. I, I, I'm a professional. I can stand up. I can do my own thing. This is, this is no problem whatsoever. And uh, in the moment that you do so, the Bible says, He that thinks he stands, take heed, or watch out unless he falls. Don't forget to send your questions in to Question of the Day. We love to answer them here on Faith FM.
5: David, son of Jesse, shepherd to his father, she
3: played
5: the harp. When Saul got weary Rocked the giant till he was fast asleep People praised When Saul knew thousands When David killed ten thousand they cheered And all that noise They saw angry And the shepherd was on the land for years David was a man down in Israel Mammy Day
0: to the Statler Brothers there with the song of David. Couldn't be more appropriate to question, <laughs> question of the day than that one. David, the man who'd done it all. He pretty much did, didn't he? Yeah. One of the most successful kings of Israel by far. And an epic failure on a number of occasions. Bath yep. Bathsheba and the numbering of Israel being the two big ones that were just a massive blot and a mar on his life, which uh, it shows that he was a real man and the Bible is real history. hmm 100%. The Bible is the only ancient record that is actually history rather than um, just a record of victories. Mm. That, and that, that's the thing that's so powerful,
1: you know, studying through the Bible, reading through the Bible, and you can just see, like, it, it, it not only records, yes, someone's victories, but people's shortcomings, not only on a, uh, you know, we lost this battle, but on a personal level. And oh, just... yeah,
0: per- massive personal failings. Anyway, we've been studying about the Seven Seals and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and we have a horse to give away. <laughs> we <laughs> have a book Tomorrow. to give away this morning. <laughs> this one is called A Pale Horse Rides by Sean Boonstra. And, uh, of course, Sean Bunch is a, a friend of mine uh, and uh, just a um, speaker, uh, presenter on Voice of Prophecy TV, was with It Is Written TV there for a while, mm. and uh, that's where I met Sean and did some work with him, but a, uh, um, just an awesome story here. Um, many people know the story of how Christianity unfolded in Europe over the course of many centuries. Many people also know the story of Martin Luther. In a pale horse ride, you'll meet people from the fringes of the empire, barbarians who mysteriously converted and built their faith with nothing to go by but the words of the Bible. Okay, so who were these barbarians, these mysterious barbarians, and what did they teach? If you want to know the answer to that question, give us a call now. Our number is 1-800-324-843. 1-800-324-843.